Welcome, my name is Kevin, and this is Nobody Asked You Kevin. Tonight's episode marks episode number 27 in the books. Not too shabby, I think. So for tonight's episode, I chatted with the members of the metal band Become Ethereal. And the song that you just heard in the intro was by Become Ethereal, and it's called Stuck in a Daydream. So throughout this episode, you'll hear uh, a few other songs by the band. You'll hear clips of a song called Shadows of History, a song called Distance Between Us, and then the outro of the episode, will I will play the entire song that's called Oath to Honor, which is actually my favorite song that they have recorded. So let's get started. Tonight I'm speaking with the hard rock band Become Ethereal, who is out of the great state of Utah, I believe. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Nobody Asked You, Kevin. Um, thanks for coming on the show uh, and, and chatting with me for a bit. Um, so just, just, for for oh, just for clarification, who is on the other end of this line? We got James on guitar. Mariana is our star vocalist, and then Mike, the bassist, is right here with us, too. All right, so good. We got all three of you tonight. That's awesome. Um, so, so the band itself, Become Ethereal, how did you guys come to be? Just, I mean, how, how did you start? Because I know you're a newer band. You, you just started a fewer mo- few months ago, I believe, correct? Right. So James and I have known each other for some time. Strangely, Many years. Strangely, we met because I was his boss at work. I was his supervisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow he realized I wasn't your average normal psychopathic manager. <laughs> and I actually cared about people. And <laughs> I know those exist, but I was out of the ordinary. And James and I got along pretty well, started talking about metal music and whatever 
he and I had played in a rock and roll band at one point that we weren't as committed to. And he'd always had these, these metal tunes that he'd been recording for years on a little home program and kept on telling me, Mike, we got to get into this band situation. We got to play a heavy metal band. And I agreed kind of half-heartedly. I wanted to. We didn't exactly have the same ideals. James wanted some super heavy style. Heavy God, as they lay yeah. dying level stuff. Mike was always more into the symphonic, you know, amazing singer type. And I always just felt that that was out of reach. We weren't good enough to do that style. James eventually grew up and started <laughs> realizing that maybe a good, clean singer is the way to go with heavy metal. Yeah, but that requires you to find a good, clean singer. You know how I... I I was thinking we'd be lucky to be able to find anyone willing to sing, period. So I just thought it was not attainable. Definitely wasn't opposed to it. He tried working with a few guys before when I wouldn't join. And all they wanted to do was, you know, hang out and get drunk rather than focus on the songs or worry about moving forward. And he wasn't about that. Uh, eventually, we did try working with a different band and it didn't work out because their style wasn't exactly what we wanted and uh when that didn't work out we had a fire lit and decided that was kind of the the final motivation of you know what instead of looking for others to try to to work with we're just going to do it ourselves we're going to find our own singer and we're going to kind of pursue our own vision and and we put out we just put our ears to the ground and we were lucky enough to find mariana Right away, as the first person we contacted. We went on our local classifieds here, and I, you know, just looked for band-seeking members or whatever, and I saw her ad, just a picture of her in the beautiful landscape here of Utah, and explaining what was going on with some links to her stuff, and I thought, wow, this sounds nothing like us, but she's great. So I had sent the information to James, and he got in contact with Mariana here. I guess she can let you know how that went. It was good. He just sent me a selfie. He's like, yo, we need a singer. I felt like if you, if you send a selfie, they can at least see that you're not an axe murderer. <laughs> I, I, you, you, said it, you could still be an axe murderer. Yes, but, but you did seem a little bit more serious. You so. seem like, oh, I actually know who I'm talking to. It is a little weird, but I felt the inspiration to do so. Because I was like, this is a nice looking lady. Let's, we don't want to wanna try to make her feel as comfortable as possible. I cannot. I can't even remember that I did that. That surprises me. <laughs> so, so that's how you met, and that's how you came to be. Um, the band's name, Become Ethereal. Um, I think I might know the origin, but can can you speak about the meaning? Can you speak about how that name came to be? What is your inclination of the origin? Because we want to see if it does have any of that cachet going on. I'm going to say that it is inspired by Skyrim, Elder, Scroll, Elder Scrolls V. That's awesome. We'll take it. Skyrim is an awesome game. We love the vibe and the mysticism involved. Um, yeah, absolutely. We like that it ties in with that. I had always wanted to name a band something with ethereal. Ethereal shadows. You go back to the Final Fantasy games. You drink the ether to recharge your magic. And, you know, you tap into the ether to achieve enlightenment. And so when we got together, I said, well, we're going to become something great. We're going to hit the next plateau or the next plane of existence, whatever. And so we went with Become Ethereal. And then 
happy coincidence that's also in Skyrim. We all love Skyrim. It's a great game. So we just ran with it, and we think it has a good ring. Sweet. Yeah, I, I, that was my first inclination was just the game itself because I'm a big fan of that game. And um, uh, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, so for the people that haven't heard you play, and it's probably a large amount of people listening to my podcast is, um, can you talk about the sound for a minute, your band sound? What do you go for? Um, you're a hard rock band. What do you see your sound as and what do you draw inspiration from? So I've been playing these guitar tunes for a while. And my initial idea was Lamb of God, Azalea Dying guitarist. But that's because I was just one guitarist doing what he could, very two-dimensional tune. But then we've just added extra depth and more layers. Mike came in. He has a, a good education, a musical theory. Mariana has clean vocals. And so we just added to the songs. We made them more three-dimensional. And so they've kind of almost gone into a symphonic range. And I like to say where As I Lay Dying Guitar meets Nightwish meets Evanescence, uh, taking the good out of everything, maybe. Yeah, that's – that's because uh, that was my next question. I mean, that, that – that flows seamlessly into it because when you think of woman fronted metal bands or hard rock bands, you think of bands like Nightwish, Evanescence, um, Lacuna Coil, Within yeah. Temptation, In This Moment, Hailstorm, one of my favorite rock bands. Yeah, you have good taste. We like all of those. Uh, Unleash the Archers, one of my favorite uh, metal bands from Canada. Um, I nice. So... Mariana, this is this is more for I guess you because since you are the vocalist, um, I, was there any specific band or uh, vocalist that you looked up to as a younger person as you first got into music? Um, yeah, it's definitely not metal. It's actually my <laughs> first like time really writing hard rock and metal, so I kind of had to learn some she new artists. Jump right in. Um. But I did listen to Evanescence growing up. I was a big fan of, like, Avril Lavigne, the pop punk scene, um, that kind of stuff. But now I'm really getting into um, Amaranth, As I Lay Dying, yeah. like, all those things because right of them. Um, but I'm right now I'm really drawing inspiration from more of the Evanescence metal symphonic bands just because that's what we're trying to write for, um, and I'm not used to it. So She but. has such a good voice that she's been able to, she could adapt it to anything. She's been able to come in having no experience singing in a, any kind of metal band and just take off swimming. It's been a thing of beauty to witness, and I think it really suits her singing style. It was my problem in my initial doubt with James when I would hear his tracks or even jam with them. I just thought there was something missing, and I'm like, man, this isn't right. I didn't know what it was, but when we had Mariana come in, and bust out insanely awesome, catchy lyrics in no time, and write great melodies, and uh, being able to work with us and change them a little bit so everything worked out and fit into the songs well, it blew my mind how much I like it now. Because before I was a little skeptical, and now it's, you know, I'll tell the truth, I'm narcissistic, and I like to listen to our music. They are very good, easy listening. It's, uh, it is really nice being in a band where you enjoy the music, 
it doesn't feel like work or a second job, yet I put more work into this project together with these guys than anything I've ever been a part of because when you're enthusiastic about it, it just flows. Oh, yeah, that that makes it that makes everything more worthwhile when I mean you're having fun and you you're enjoying it and it doesn't seem like a lot of work, even though it is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so so going back a little bit, um, we talked about some of the inspiration, some of the 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 bands that you kind of inspired you. I mean, when you were really young, I mean, when you were in your teens, what bands did you listen to to get you into music? Uh, this is Mike. I'm a bit of an oddball in that regard. I grew up in a very musical family, and there was always stuff going on. My parents were of the 70s. You know, they were both born in the early 60s, and they liked disco music a lot. And I wanted to rebel and listen to anything but that. I always try to give them a hard time and say, disco is just Funk's weaker little brother, and I just can't stand it. <laughs> and, and they listened to a lot of good music, and they were always singing. My family was always into some type of musical group. My parents required you to either be in a choir or in a band or something playing music, and I'm very glad of it. I would have done it anyway, even without them requiring it. Uh, but when I wanted to rebel, I you know, started out with classic rock, you know, as a as a youngin, you know, around 12 years old or so. But rather quickly before high school, started discovering a lot of the black metal bands, and really did push it to the limit. I'd listen to like Cradle of Filth, you know, and Children of Bodom and Cannibal Corpse and that kind of stuff. Oh Cannibal yeah. Avengers. The absolute like heaviest metal there was. That's completely Halloween ridiculous on their level of horror in the metal. And I learned to really love the guitar music. And every day I'd listen to it, I'd hear my mom say, you listen to more of that screaming crap. And uh, <laughs> as I got older, I started to discover that there was heavy metal with clean singers. And a lot of it was either the folk metal, the symphonic metal or power metal. Um, One thing we have noticed, a lot of these bands that have beautiful singers it seems like they want to coast when it comes to the guitar. They'll hang back on the rhythm guitar and just basically do chord progressions. We wanted to take what we saw was excellent clean singing and then fire on all cylinders. But go ahead, Mike. That just brought that to my uh, my mind. I was also happened to be in the in the jazz band, so I was you know listening to the the jazz standards all the time, playing that stuff in weird obscure classical music and stuff like that that you don't even remember the names of because it's just a bunch of numbers you know <laughs> I, I was trying to get my earful of everything I could find and definitely I, I also rebelled against country a little bit you know it was country and disco were my parents favorite so I'd always try and avoid that now I now I can admit that I like some country and I'll even say I like some disco but don't quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so what about the other two? Um, what did you listen to when you were when you were younger? Um, so again, I definitely went through a pop punk phase, you know, all time low, Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two. But what really got me into singing actually was when I was five and I watched American Idol for the first time, 
And I don't know. I mean, I was in church, so obviously I would sing hymns, but something just clicked, and I was like, that's, that's it. Like, that's what I'm going to do with my life. And so I always just kind of had that idea in the back of my head. And luckily, I had the talent for it, so I kind of lucked out. But Very lucky and fortunate. Yeah, but it wasn't even a band that got me into it. It was a TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's cool. I, I am... I will as these guys I didn't get to hear a song until I was 23 <laughs> so I didn't get a very musical upbringing my parents they no I I um growing up I kind of liked a lot of that stereotypical noise I mean it's good stuff but Metallica Megadeth that was kind of the introduction to hey this is different than the stuff they play on the radio um and after that, you know, after hearing David Stain on the guitar making insane, crazy noises, I, I had to pick it up and learn. And uh, once you start playing, then it kind of opens up that world. You start looking for new music to learn and play. And uh, and then you kind of find your your own style. You kind of find what you like. And uh, and so I, I would say probably Metallica and Megadeth is what got me off the couch and got a guitar in my hand. So, so with that, um, still focusing on your younger years, um, uh, what, because I asked this question of a lot of people, what mm-hmm. is the first album that you bought? Yeah, I remember it was the Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits <laughs> CD, and that was an excellent choice. Is, is, is Mariana... Old enough to ever buy it. I was about to say, mine is so lame because I didn't buy mine until like sophomore year of high school. And I was at like an Abercrombie and they had Big Bad World by Plain White Tees, which I don't even know as a band anymore. But yep, that was my first drill. I'm home. surprised they still had uh, CDs. Yeah, they do. At that point. Well, I was, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Probably uh, Master of Puppets was my first album. I'm like so far behind the time, but I'm. My first album was the 80s, and that was, again, when I was a sophomore, I finally was able to scrape up some coins. Nice. Um, my first album was actually the Foo Fighters, um, their self-titled debut album in 95. So, um, Temporary. Are the Foo Fighters that old? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, they, they, they're they still going, so I, I love those guys. Um, all right, so... so as a band, you're playing, you're, you're together, you're practicing, you're playing. Um, what I, I listen to your demos, I, I listen to um, songs, I mean, Oath to Honor, uh, Stuck in a Daydream, Distance Between Us. Uh, awesome. um, I listen to songs, I love, I love this sort of music, I love, I love the the guitars i love the vocals i i i i am i mean these sort of vocals i mean they really get me um so i i what are your future plans as a band what do you plan to do now that you're together now that you're you've released some demos what are you going to do now we want to ride this train till the wheels fall off no we want we want to take it to the absolute highest potential that we can we feel Musically, we have an excellent product. We're all passionate about it. We all enjoy it. So it's just a matter of making it happen, marketing, and getting out there. We're pretty confident that folks who 
our male aficionados like yourself, music people who really appreciate music, also casual listeners can enjoy what we have to offer. And so our goal, I guess, would be to produce high-quality recordings, uh, be able to distribute that, and also just, you know, we'd love to, to uh, do local tours first and eventually, you know, the world. <laughs> you know, just take it as far as we can. You might so, have, you might oh, not ahead. have noticed yet, we've been changing our sound a tiny bit. Uh, we've been adding some synth to it because that really worked as a style. But we've got a great core group of people, and we're not playing with a drummer right now, unless you count the electronic drums that are always on time. That's right. And don't have hey, a drug addiction. That yeah. that <laughs> is hard. That's hard to do, though. I mean, it isn't that? That's hard to program all that stuff. You know, I am the person in the band who has the least musical education or know-how, and I'm the guy who programmed the drum, <laughs> programmed these drums, and laid down a lot of the keyboard on the on our, our tracks. And so I'm glad that they're all at least in time and there's no uh, errors in the beats going on. We would accept the drummer, like we were saying, if they were to come along. But James said, right, it's a moving train. We're going to ride it to the ground. If a drummer or a keyboardist feels like they can cut it, they're going to have to jump on that moving train. Because exactly. we're going ahead with or without them, and we're working hard uh, to enjoy this thing and it's not about the money it's just pure and uh, enjoyment of playing music for people the way we look at it is we have a very good team right now that we we vibe well we get along well and we work together and so if someone's going to join our group they're going to have to bring something and offer something to us musically but also they're going to have to be able to get along and not disharmonize what we have already and so the less variables and the less people you need to rely on in a band, we feel like that only increases our chances of success. So for now, yeah, we have our program drums and our keyboard in the backing tracks, but we're definitely open in the future to uh, adding those additional members to get the human touch. But do you really want to go to the headache of having a drummer? <laughs> You understand us. You want finally <laughs> understand. I I do not miss. I love drummers. I love the drums. I do not miss calling the drums to the shows. I'm very happy to do a show every weekend now under the situation. Probably for that reason alone, not having to split the drums. Yeah, that that seems like that would not be a fun thing to do hauling drums back and forth. Um, uh, so so. For the people that don't play instruments, that are not, that are just getting into music, that are just picking up an instrument, trying to learn something, do you have any? I mean, as musicians, as people who play instruments really well um, and sing well, um, what do you have any any advice for anybody that is in that situation? I actually do. Because I am a very non-musically inclined person. I know very well what it's like to absolutely suck at music. And so for people who are just starting out, I get it. I would just say, rather than open up a music book and playing classical music and music you've never heard before, play songs you're very familiar with and that play the, play the music you like. Because you'll know how it goes, you'll be familiar with it, and you'll enjoy playing it. And if you enjoy playing it, you'll practice more, and you'll have that uh, that enthusiasm to get you through 
And really, in the beginning, on guitar at least, it's about familiarizing yourself with the instrument, getting the muscle memory in order, getting strong enough to hold down the strings. Once you're able to walk and crawl, then you could expand into more music theory and broadening your musical horizons. I'd agree that works for most people. I'm an oddball <laughs> who tends to be very... Um, I, I really like to dig into things and tear them apart. I obsess over stuff. And I started out in classically trained music and band. That's a great way to do it if you join a school band, especially for young people, because you're going to be forced every day of the week or five days a week at least to get there and play something. And if you don't want to suck, you're going to have to practice at home too. Um, people who say they want to learn something, I've noticed they say, okay, I want to get lessons. And then they try hard during the lessons and they don't practice on their own. So a good sign to me that you actually want to do this is that you're going to try and play in your free time, and it's going to be one of the hobbies. You're going to replace watching TV with your new musical passion, right. and you'll enjoy it more than you ever did watching TV or whatever else you're going to do in your free time. If you dread the idea of picking up that instrument and trying, you probably aren't the kind of person who's going to go very far because who wants to do something that sucks? So Unless you are completely into it, You've got to practice, and if practice is a chore, it's probably uh, – maybe you should wait until you have decided what you want to do. But it looks like Mariana might have some advice, too. She's um, the only one that can sing well, so. Okay, I have no advice for singing. Singing is hard. No, I'm just kidding. Really? Um, You're so good. Well, I've never been professionally trained, so I don't really – I don't know. Mine's just kind of like I just do it. But I will say, in regards to being a noob with other things, because I cannot play guitar that well or do piano that well, so my only advice is to don't, like, not get too frustrated with yourself. You know, it's always a learning curve, and, you know, doing music is extremely, you know, you're putting yourself in a really vulnerable situation. So just be calm, and then try to share it with as many of your close friends and family that you can. That's something that's made me a little bit more confident with myself, with my songwriting and with my lyrics and my melody writing. It's just sharing it with my friends and getting their feedback um, and not being nervous about it. Cause I think that that part's really hard. Yeah. Don't expect people to enjoy your crappy music until you've been at it for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the thing I've done, uh, they might be supportive, but don't expect them to like it. And they don't have to. That's okay. One Although thing. if they're new, they might think that it's cool. My friends who can't play guitar, they think that my, like, G to E to F is amazing. So, I mean. That's one thing I've noticed. A lot of people who play, they compare themselves to records. Oh, my guitar or my singing doesn't sound as good as a full band playing a song, a piece of music. What I would say is show off your talent, whatever you have. I have to twist people's arms to get them to play guitar or to sing or to do whatever the musical talent. Just play in your home, play for your friends, and show off as much as you can. Uh, people actually enjoy it more than you, you would think. Um, it's just that if you compare yourself to a complete finished product, then, yeah, you're going to – that's setting the bar too high. So I would just say play the piano, play at home like people used to do back in the day before they had mass-produced records and share it and that's another way you'll you'll keep your motivation up pay attention to the people who support you and ignore the ones who don't <laughs> there you go. yeah it, it's kind of funny you said uh, just a little second ago that um share it with share it with people because 
uh, I picked up. I mean, I've never. I'm not musically talented. I, I I actually picked up a guitar last year and I started to learn. And I one of these one of the days I was just out in the loft here and I was just strumming away and uh, of course playing "Smoke on the Water" because that's one of those songs that everybody learns. And, <laughs> and I, I, it was up loud. The amp was turned up. I mean, to eleven. And I, my kid was outside playing basketball. And the next thing I know, I hear a trombone out there, and I hear smoke on the water coming from a trombone. There and, and there you go. And then, and then I hear a trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of the neighbor kids had gone home. They were out there playing basketball in the driveway. They had gone home. Or they had heard me playing. They gr- ran home across the street, grabbed their instruments, and came to the driveway and were playing along. So well, I, I thought that... Than that... That's pretty much uh, ordained. And, yeah, I thought and that was... Enough that they knew what you were playing, so just think about that. They recognized the tune. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, but... Um, yeah, I... um... So... <sighs> To to your songs, to to something like "Oath to Honor," um, the the lyric "Corvus oculum corvi non erut." Um, can you talk about that and the meaning to the song? Because I love, I mean, I love Latin, and I I, I just want to hear your thoughts of 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 the song itself and the inclusion of Latin in the song. Because it's it, it's sung masterfully, by the way, Mariana. It's it's a beautiful lyric, and I love the way it's sung. On the chorus as well. Uh, Mike will get into the actual origins of the Latin phrase. He was the one who dug through the archives of history and found uh, found that passage. But Mariana came up with the lyrics, and the general theme is honor amongst thieves. Um, sometimes when you deal with a situation where the cards are against you and the uh, the authority structure of that time is oppressive. You may have to use deception and secrecy to your advantage for survival, but also, you know, to to prevail in, you know, whatever your uh, the right thing is for you. So Mariana kind of put that together, and she got a little inspiration from uh, somewhere else. Yeah, actually, if you're a fan of Skyrim, that is also inspired a lot by the Thieves Guild. Like, in fact, a yes. lot. Yes. Yeah, like the chorus and the first and second verses, I kind of, you know, stem from that. So, um, and then Mike can kind of tell you what the Latin is. Right. So, uh, I'm glad that you were able to pick out what we were singing. And uh, it sounded like you had it spot on just with a little bit of a American English accent. But <laughs> what that, what it means is an, a crow does not pluck out the eye of another crow. That's a rough translation, but uh, really meaning solidarity among thieves. There was a famous uh, legal, it's a rhetorical famous uh, phrase that happened in a a court hearing, and a man was asked, why will you not testify against your friend? And his whole point was, hey, you know, I'm not going to send him down because then everybody who trusted me is going to want to take me down. And we have more honor than that, even though they're in a dark place themselves. And when it goes in English, uh, we say honor among us is shrouded in lies. 
So we have our honor together, but you do not have our best interests in mind, so why would I help you to hurt somebody who is with me? And we thought it just sounded cool as well, you know. I mean, we were as soon as we heard that opening riff, we're like, we got to have some kind of chanting here. <laughs> that was a big part of it, too. Yeah, I, I I love everything about that song. I mean, it's... It, it's... Was the version you heard, did it have any keyboard in it, or was it just pure guitar and vocals? Uh, I believe it was just pure vocals and guitar. It was There was no keyboard that I remember. We've updated it. If you go to our SoundCloud... Uh, we've up the, it's not on the video we've done, but we've added some symphonic keyboards, some strings, and we think it even it, it heads further down the direction that song was already going uh, in terms of epicness. And that was the goal. We wanted an epic for the first album, and Oath to Honor is kind of that epic that almost tells a story, but it tells it definitely has a lot of vibe to it. Bleeding mind, stuck in a daydream, shadows of history, distance between us. Um, I'm gonna link. I, I'm, I'll link to this in the show notes and the blog that I have. I'll link to your SoundCloud and and everything. And I, I want everybody that's listening to this podcast to go listen to these songs because they're tremendous, tremendous songs. Those are the five um, tracks we have lyrics for recorded. We have a good friend of ours, Paul Rasmussen, has an excellent pro home studio setup. He pretty much bought a house just to have a place to, to have a studio. And then, you know, being able to sleep there is just a side collateral thing. And uh, so those are the five we have lyrics for. But Mariana has written excellent vocal melodies and lyrics for, I believe, 12, 12 songs. So we have enough to do our show set list. We just got to get on getting back into the studio to get more content for you guys. And we're thinking about maybe going to Paul's house real soon and laying down another track. So... Maybe three tracks. But one to three tracks real soon. I expect more. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, definitely. Um, you know, every time I think Mariana has made amazing lyrics, and I love the song, like, this is my new favorite song. Then she writes and comes to the next practice with new lyrics. I'm like, oh, my new, my new favorite song. This is a really good song. And I'm like, they're all pretty much equally good, but it's just... I think they give me too much credit. No, 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 no. Well, yes, that's right. Yes. You're lucky to be with us. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we are totally, we are like, you know, knocked over. We feel so lucky and fortunate to have uh, kind of just hit it off right from the get-go. We didn't have any trial band members, 
no one, no contention, no conflicts. We all get together uh, in terms of personality and then musical direction. It just flows. So uh, it, it's weird, but you kind of know when you have magic together, and that's that's kind of what we feel like we got. We've all got our strengths, and we're willing to give criticism and accept criticism. All of us are, and we're direct about it. We don't, you know, have to worry about being judged based on oh well this worked. It's okay to bring those ideas up, and if someone says something and, oh, it's almost there, we tend to be very good, in my opinion, at chipping away at each other's ideas and making an awesome song out of it. Yeah. we need, No one can do it alone. You know, writing a song by yourself is no fun. It's when we collab and we all add our, our spice to it, we really get something that's, uh, that's going. So, yeah, um, Ode to Honor is one of our favorites. We, like, we really like playing that one live. And... We've just been trying to add more depth to the song. So in our new edition of keyboard to that, it just takes that epicness that we're kind of building on and touched on there and really, uh, really getting into the thick of it. Is there, you said you like, you, Oath to Honor was, was one of those songs, but is do you each have a different song that you like more than the others, or is it kind of just a, I love all of these songs. They're they're all great. Distance Between Us is by far my least favorite song to play. It's 16th notes nonstop the whole time. It never ends. But it sounds nice. It's very pretty. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's why I wrote, I actually wrote down, I was like, love the speed of the song coupled with the vocals, but I would hate to be able to play this. Yes, when I play that, I feel like I'm doing. So, I'm, I'm glad someone understands my pain. They don't understand, you know. They they like they love playing that song because it well, sounds good. I just think it's funny because he wrote it. It's not like we wrote the hard guitar part. Sometimes you <laughs> write songs and they don't get live. They're just on the album, you know. But they're like, we have to do the song. Uh, it's in the first batch. It's gonna be live. It is a fun song, but it's nonstop 16th notes at 190 BPMs, whatever it is. Um, uh, but I, I I like a lot of the songs, the songs you've heard that have vocals. Shadows of History is probably the song I am most proud of on guitar. That opening riff of Shadows of History to me is like, okay, if I could remember for one thing, it's that single note palm muted riff thing I'm doing. That to me is like, okay, I've actually done something on metal guitar that is worthy. The other songs are great, but they're kind of a product of the whole rather than that one killer riff in Shadows of History. What about you, Mariana? What's your favorite? Um, uh, it's hard because I think that, like, for me, just listening-wise, um, all of my favorites aren't recorded yet. Like, I really like the ones that we've recorded, I obviously, but I think the ones that we haven't yet, in my opinion, are better. But it's hard because, as a singer, some of them are harder for me to do. So, like, listening-wise, I really like... Um, we have a song called Resolve that's really, really good that, again, we haven't recorded yet, but that one's hard for me to sing. So performing-wise, I really like doing this song called Into Oblivion, which will be one of our next ones we record. But, uh, but of the five, though, that they haven't listened to, which ones do you like? I don't... And you can go on listening-wise, or you can go on singing. Do both. I want to hear both. I like Stuck in the Daydream, but I think it's just because that was our first... That was the first one I wrote lyrics for. Stuck so in I the have, Daydream. like, a little bit of a... That song used to be called Radio Ready, 
because it was purposely three minutes and 30 seconds. It's our most pop-esque song. And so we started with that one first, because that one was kind of tailor-made to be a pop single to bring in a wide audience. But uh, sorry. Go ahead, Mariana. Oh, no, I'm good. Mike can tell us his favorite. Well, for me, because of my musical background, where I spent all kinds of time playing in playing in different bands, playing in a symphony orchestra here for a few years. I am all about Oath to Honor. I love that that classical theme added to heavy metal. It's a lot like the music that I listen to in my free time. When I heard that, I just knew that it had to have Latin chorus in it. And even more so, it needs to have uh, an orchestra behind it, which we're working on that. We've got a synthetic one, but maybe one day we'll get some some real instruments to record some awesome. Once we have a label put in the bill, that would be awesome. But that song to me is just amazing. I love that I get to sing background on that. I like to sing background on a lot of the songs. It's just a little bit hard to do that and play bass. Um, so that one, I get to sing the awesome, you know, we did actually a, a four-part harmony, and we did that with 16 voices on the recording. So we, we recorded ourselves four times each for every part. And put it on there so the two of us sounded like a choir. Think <laughs> Skyrim for the intro when they're doing that chant. That <laughs> was, King. That was uh, the Dover King. They had about, what, 50, 40 people? But they layered it to make it sound like it was a whole troop of Nords creating that. And that we took inspiration from that. So we can create a chorus amongst the two members who can sing, which is not me. But yeah. <laughs> Who, what, where, when, how, and why? Questions start with these. Step right up and answer all my questions if you please. I won't take up much more of your time, but I I, I do this with everybody that comes on this podcast. Um, I have a segment on the podcast that I call Somebody Had to Ask. Um, Usually it's a like, it's a two to three hour thing, but we're not going to take that much time here. Um, it's basically where I ask a, a guest 20 random questions from serious to really just dumb and asinine questions. Um, so I, I would love to uh, uh, do just a quick abbreviated version if you guys are game for this. Yeah. Yep. Should we answer them one at a time? I actually row? am. This is quite enthralling to me. I like someone who's going to pick my brain. But yeah, it might turn into a three-hour. This thing, cannot actually. be used hey. in the law. I hope that's understood. You know, we can't. <laughs> it's for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed by James Weller have nothing to do. It's all. It's all theoretically in Minecraft. Okay. Exactly. Now I have to give. I have to give. Um, uh, clarification and kind of disclaimers like that for my job in real life because <laughs> I I'm a scientist I'm a forensic scientist and I uh, I wow. and I oh, I, no. I can't I I do I deal I say I, I deal with a lot of drugs but that comes out wrong so <laughs> yeah. uh, I I deal with drugs in my job but um I yeah, and deaths and that sort no. of thing but um <laughs> I have the DEA and stuff watching me so I always make fun of that but um, so the, the way it works is that I ask you a question and I just like to get an answer from each of you, but with each question, we'll only ask a few questions. The only rule is you can't say, you can't answer with a yes or no. There, it's a, not a yes or no question. Understood. Um, all right. So the first question, and I, I, I have like, if 
500 questions and I randomized them and these were the few that came up. So um, what is your favorite planet in the solar system? Pluto, because Pluto is a damn planet. <laughs> and anybody tell me different, we'll just have to fight about it. You're right. <laughs> Always a good choice. Oh, go with the hometown, huh? What what was the last one? Earth, the best planet. Oh man. The only That's... planet with metals. He's biased. All right. So number two. Do you have a favorite nineties jam? Doesn't have to be rock, metal can be anything. Just a favorite song from the 90s. That's your jam. Oh, man. You guys go first. Mike is the 90s kid here, even though we're like the same age. I'm going to go with Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. There's some great pop in the 90s. Instinct, Britney Spears. I mean, that was good stuff. Um. Well, since I was roughly five years old when the 90s <laughs> was ending, I'm going <laughs> to part of your world from the little mermaid yeah. because you know that was my favorite movie growing you, up and you, that was like probably the only 90s the 90s right had such good movies you had action was really tall game you had con air the rock you had a uh, total recall was that the 90s then no, you had you had the best video games you had the n64 and the ps1 oh n64 all the way had the best wrestling in the attitude era you had pretty much a who's who now, I still think, I, I like my 80s thrash, but there was really good music. I'm drawing a blank on 90s jams. I'm going to say Holy War is the punishment due for Metallic, I mean, for Megadeth. That came out in 1990, so it barely sneaks in. I'm going to throw that one in there right at the beginning. I, if I had to pick, it would be Black Street's No Diggity. Oh, yeah, I love that song. Black Street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also... Yeah. I'm also a, I'm also a big fan of like NSYNC. Um, I'm a, I'm like a closet boy boy, boy band fan. I love of NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. Yeah, my YouTube I got or Facebook page. I have a cover of uh, I Want It That Way on bass. I I, I do pop bass. I don't do metal bass. So that's why I play guitar in this band. When it comes to TV shows and cartoons and those sort of things, um, do you have a favorite theme song from any TV show or cartoon? Oh, shoot. I thought you were going to ask favorite TV show. Favorite well, there's there's TV. that, too. You can answer favorite TV show and favorite, favorite theme song. I'll have to think about the theme song, but favorite show, hands down, was 90s-era Simpsons. We're talking seasons three through eight. Uh, it has that just complete slovenly macabre humor. I it shaped who I am. Um, favorite theme, you know, the the Pokemon anime had amazing theme. Um, oh, but it's difficult. There's there's a lot of I like the second uh, season of Attack on Titan. The uh, the <laughs> That one was a decent theme. I don't know, though. That's a tough one. There's a lot of great music hey, in video games. Stop picking all the good themes. Sorry. You get one theme. I, I, if you ask me great music from video games, that's another one. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good music out there. Hidden source, TV and video games. Okay, well, he definitely stole mine. I was going to say Pokemon because that is, like, literally, even kids now, like, that are kids now can sing a Pokemon a theme song. great theme. So, yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll 
bring in another anime, Naruto has had some really good openers. And the first and second opener for Naruto was really good. So I'll say that. There's a wicked jazz song for Cowboy Bebop called Tank. And I... All anime. Yeah, look at us. It's all anime. We are booze. Okay. <laughs> but, man, I, it's because I'm a trumpet player. We actually play that in my jazz band. I was so proud. I hit that double high A flat on the trumpet. Uh, felt like, you know, my balls were 25 pounds doing that. <laughs> I love that song. Man, <laughs> took all the gold. Is there not one? Me, they're great at making music and the same song. Hey, the Fairly Odd Parents, you know? That's no. a good one, too. <laughs> That's a great thing. No, no, no Cartoon Network. Anyways. That was a Nickelodeon I, cartoon, yeah, dude. I, I didn't get to have cable growing up, so I hold resentment towards any cable program. Any cartoon with a moron character who's funny? You know, that's why Fairly Odd Parents is good, because you got Cosmo, you got Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, oh, Seinfeld. There you go. Hey. That was a good intro. I'm trying to think. What is something that's not anime? Seinfeld is like three notes. <laughs> it's good, though. Oh, gosh. Now you're making the... Uh... Okay, well, we all answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would go with... I don't know if you remember the uh, TV show Perfect Strangers. Ooh. Might be... Larry and Balky. That one's that one's a throwback to the '80s. So. Yeah, I wasn't alive. When was it on? <laughs> I was in the late '80s, maybe into maybe '90. I think it was around '85 to '90, somewhere around there. Unfortunately, not familiar. No. Oh. Born, unfortunately. I was she born was... in 89, and James didn't have cable <laughs> as a kid. I was, <laughs> I was born in 88, so I'm not too far ahead yet. Man, so, yeah. I, so I am the oldest person here. Wow. It happens. Someone's got to be the oldest. <laughs> I'm spiritually the oldest, so, yeah. All right, so next question is, do you see a lot of movies in the theaters by any chance? Or watch any watch a lot of movies. You know, when I was a kid, I did enjoy going to the theater, and uh, I, I saw Jurassic Park in the theater. That was a great experience. Uh, but in the last, this is maybe a condemnation of Hollywood, but in the last seven years, I've probably been to the movies four times. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. And and uh, for two of those, my work took us, so it was paid. So. Uh, so. The the question then is 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 what is the last movie you actually saw in the theater? That new Jurassic World with uh, what's his name Chris Pratt the second one or the first one oh yeah that was <laughs> the good. old Jurassic World that was good that was a good movie and a bit of trivia that was the first Jurassic Park movie to have a woman die on screen if you can believe it really I did not know that. It was, and it was horrific. It was in that giant, disgusting alligator eater. I was oh, like, why do they got to do that? Spoiler, dude. You haven't seen this five-year-old movie? I hate movies because oh. I'm a movie talker, and they're mm. expensive. Yeah. So I saw Star is Born at a re... Like, they had it I gotta come back at this, like, special theater where it was, like, really cheap. No spoilers, please. I haven't seen I it. will spoil it. No. You can spoil the other thing. No, I'm just kidding. That was a remake, though. That no. movie's, like, 30 years old. No. I took my four-year-old son and my wife, and I was visiting my mom in Oregon, and we went to see Detective Pikachu. Ooh. Oh, did what? Are, what were your thoughts on that movie? 
Um, you know what? It was way better than expected. And at first, I did not want Pikachu to be talking, but, you know, the whole involvement of Mewtwo made me okay with the situation. My question is, why didn't they just make a new show, like a TED or something, that had a smart-talking Ronald Reynolds? Why is Deadpool playing Pikachu? But yeah. it worked out. It worked out. They should have created. It was not created for our age, though. They should have made a new intellectual property, and that just goes to show Hollywood will not make original content. They have to slap a script that was meant for something else onto an existing uh, property. And that's what I really believe they did not write that. I don't know. I didn't see the movie, but yeah, back that's up, my Yeah, I heard actually it was really good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to see it, but I heard it was really good. They should have made a movie about a, a street smart rodent voiced by Brian Reynolds. And left Pokemon alone. It's about, anyway, all right. Oh, wait, Grandpa, we get it. I know. <laughs> I won't even watch Dragon Ball Z past the Freezer Saga because I feel like they lost their way, you know, so. So, so I take it none of you are superhero fans, superhero movies, or superhero fans. <laughs> I watch them. Okay, I'll criticize them, but I like that stuff. It's good. I'll admit, you know, to me, Tobey Maguire, he's my superhero. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> you know, How I haven't you? seen any of the Marvel Universe movies. I oh, man. <laughs> I've seen a few... I definitely gravitate more towards ones that are funnier, like Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, just because I don't like some of the tropes. I just feel like they've, you know, it's been done before. So, you know, if they, it's a little bit different. The ones they've made lately are really good. I will say that. And that's coming from someone that does not watch superhero movies, so. Okay, so, so the last question in this I will have is when you make a sandwich, you're sitting down. You're you just want a good sandwich to eat. You want something great. Um, what do you put on your sandwich? How do you make it? James has got a great answer for this one. Well, now you're making me think of like there's no barrier because I'm thinking a sandwich would be you know what what would I do? But Tell if, the I, truth. if I could just yeah. make a sandwich, it would be a burger patty, bacon, a ham steak, an egg patty. And uh, maybe a chicken thigh spread out, and then put two pieces of leaves on either side, and then lots of cheddar cheese in between each layer. Now we're cooking. That sounds like an impressive sandwich that I want to eat. You get, you made me realize I can do whatever I want in this sandwich design. I'm not limited by. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I could do if cost was no option. Well, my it's going to be the flesh of an innocent beast <laughs> of some kind. The fatter, the better. And it's going to be include a uh, sauce that is way too hot for a mere mortal to be able to ingest. Oh, Lord. I'm talking a million-plus Scoville heat units with something creamy just to take the edge off. So so are you are you a chili pepper head? You know, I there's a challenge here in Utah called the 11-wing challenge, and uh, most people can't do that. Um, I can eat, I don't know, most people think that they know what hot stuff is until they find out the truth, and it oh, burns yeah. into the ears for 15 minutes. You know, they're like, oh, I thought I knew what hot was. Yes, I am uh, a connoisseur of the hot food. I've developed a tolerance for the extreme hottest chilies on the planet. Mike yeah. likes, uh, Love the trick, that... people. You eat it first, and then they think, oh, I can handle this, and then you've got a whole day of entertainment. He likes the food that tries to kill you back. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I grow I grow reapers and scorpion peppers uh, and scorpion. ghost peppers. Oh lord, Dude, reapers are supposed supposed to be the hottest in the world. Yeah, they have the record, but I'm telling you, the Trinidad Maruga scorpion is consistently hotter. It's been around longer. It's natural, and maybe it doesn't hold the official record, but the average scorpion is going to be hotter than the Carolina reaper. And I I agree with that because. We, my father-in-law and I grew them last year, and I'm growing them again this year. And the scorpions that we grew, we were sig- me significantly hotter, you could tell, um, than the reapers. And we thought that to be kind of funny because, I mean, obviously with the reaper, it's supposed to be whatever. And but those scorpions, those were those were hotter. And um, but no, I I grow those I. I grind my dehydrate everything and and all that nice stuff and make powders and sauces and salsas and all that stuff out of them. But um, so I'm glad to to meet another person who loves uh, chili peppers and hot stuff and capsation and and all that nice stuff. Right. Most people are. Oh, I really love hot food. If you're not talking at least the essence of pure ghost pepper, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't. So I appreciate I... that you actually understand hot food. That's great. So, I think we still. I think Mariana still needs to answer the sandwich question here. You must know. Um, I'm really not picky with my sandwiches as long as it has mayo because I hate dry. Like nothing is worse than biting into a sandwich that has too much bread and it's too dry. Like it's just freaking gross. So I have to have like a lot of mayo. Maybe make fry sauce. You know what that is? And you can't. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Ew, mustard's disgusting, actually. I that that can go in the trash. Yes, I know you hate mustard. Mustard is uh I will say though, I definitely if I'm gonna put like turkey or roast beef on it, it has to, I like I prefer the thicker slices of the beef, mm, like not yeah. deli slice, but I like the thicker carving board style. But that's, that's about it. Only pickiness. I, I mustard's a mainstay for me. I mustard mayo. I've got to have mustard. I don't eat much ketchup, but uh, mustard yeah. mayo, mustard mayo, are where it's at for me. Oh, dude, you got to mix mustard with uh, cayenne pepper. That's an excellent flavor. Really, they mustard. Come sour together. Huh. I will. I will try that. I have not tried that before. Sauce or cayenne chilies, amazing. Y'all are ruining food. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, that's all I'm going to ask for those. So I, I thank you for playing along because that was great. Um, uh, was so fun. become ethereal. I mean, it's been a blast speaking with the three of you tonight. I mean, it's it's you're, you're good people. I mean, you are really cool people. You you are extremely good musicians, and you have a band that is kick ass. I mean, so um, where can we find you on social media um, if anybody wants to look you up? We're on all of them. So we have an Instagram, which is become ethereal and then underscore. And that's how you can get our Instagram. And that actually has links to all of our other stuff. But then we have Facebook, which is just become ethereal. Um, we're on YouTube, which is where you can find recording um, of our live performances, but also some music videos that we did for our already recorded songs. Um, and you can just look up become ethereal on YouTube as well. You become ethereal band. And, and there's then, a live performance that has more songs than the standard recordings that you see. Yeah, the the live show we have on there has unrecorded tracks. And then we have uh, the SoundCloud. The SoundCloud is where we got the uh, the uh, produced 
demo the vocals in that right now. So, and I believe you have some shows coming up in Utah in September. Um, uh, when and where can people find you in Utah? Yeah, well, I think we got three shows uh, on the seventh. We're playing at the Sand Trap in Ogden. That's up north. Ogden, Utah. It's uh, north of Salt Lake City. So any of them uh, up there, northerners, maybe people from Logan, if you want to come down. Yeah, we got to show them some love up north. And then on 9-11, we're playing in downtown Salt Lake City at a place called the Loading Dock. It's a cool little outdoor venue. And talk to us for tickets, because you got to get tickets uh, for that one. And uh, for the 22nd, we're playing at a the best, you know, probably the biggest venue we've had so far called Kilby Court. It's uh, it's one of the launching pads for bands around here. So Kilby Court on the 22nd is also going to be a kick-ass show. Yeah. There's lots of other bands that are that are good too. So you know, come enjoy our music as well as other local music, and anybody who's going to make it out has always enjoyed it. I haven't had any bad feedback yet. Yeah. Our manager, Cat Wolf, is excellent. She has a real exceptional mind for the business, and we'd be lost without her. She is excellent at networking and finding us these gigs, which takes the pressure off us to let us focus on the music and just be and become ethereal. And she takes excellent pictures as well. So we're really lucky to have her. And she's had us, especially even with this podcast, she's had us more busy than we'd ever be just, uh, you know, us getting together and practicing the song. So, Mike, James, Mariana, uh, become ethereal. I, I appreciate your time tonight. I mean, you guys have been fantastic, and I, I thank you so much for uh, coming to speak with me. Uh, for uh, It's just at an hour right now. So, um, again, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts you want to say before we end this tonight? Hey, man, we appreciate you for having us, and thank you for taking a listen to our music and giving it a chance. I've had friends who I've said, hey, man, listen to my band, and until I hogtie them, and they go, oh, wow, that's good. I'm like, I told you it was good. How dare you? (laughs) Thank you for for checking us out. And thanks for all the feedback. We really appreciate it. It means a lot coming from someone with great musical taste. We heard the bands and the shows you like, and we had a great time. You were great to hang out with, and, you know, we're all a little shy, and you made us feel right at home, so thank you for that. I like what you're doing. I want to help spread you, spread what you're doing to experience other people's music as well. I don't know. Mariana, if you got any? Um, no, I pretty much got it. Thank okay. you future recordings, I guess. <laughs> you were awesome. This was really fun. All right. So um, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it.
So there you have it, folks. That was Become Ethereal out of the great state of Utah. Mike on bass, James on guitar, and drum and keyboard programming as well, and Mariana on vocals. I'm going to uh, link to their YouTube channel and SoundCloud demos and Facebook and Twitter um, on my blog at dosemakespoison.blogspot.com and also the Nobody Asked You Kevin Facebook and the Asked Kevin the Show's Twitter feed as well. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for this episode as well. So let's share the shit out of their music. It's good stuff. Go out and support Become Ethereal if you can. If you're in Utah, go see them play live. Support kick-ass music. Support kick-ass rock. Support kick-ass metal. As always, if you need to contact me, you can find me on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page or on Twitter as at the show's page is at Asked Kevin or on my verified Twitter account at Forensic Tox Guy or by email at Nobody Asked You Kevin at gmail.com. Support smaller homegrown podcasts. It's not always about the large scale Wondery podcast, the NPR podcast, the crime junkies podcasts of the world that are raking in thousands and thousands of dollars and sometimes plagiarizing as well. Friends of this podcast include Scenic Cast, Vintage Geeks, Wild Pretty Things, The Animated Batcast, Start Cast, Tales from the Yard, Leftover Army Podcast, Leftover Army Monsters All Out Attack Podcast, the Heroes of Noise, Pop Culture Leftovers, Attention Deficit Order, Movies from the Heart, and The Real Zodiac. So go check out all those podcasts. You won't regret it. I'm going to end tonight with uh, Become Ethereal's Oath to Honor playing us out as an outro. Um, this is the song that we actually talked about in an interview that had um, Latin, which essentially meant honor amongst thieves or also known as a complete solidarity uh, between people no matter the circumstances scenario consequences and condemnation pretty cool thing so until next time my friends much love to all of you support kick-ass music corvus oculum corvus oculum Corvus oculum, corvino la ruit.